Hello, hello. Welcome to the Magic of Transformation podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Zeller. This is going to be a bit of a quick episode, so we're going to do a quick introduction to if you are not signed up for the Weekly Dose of Magic, which is a free offering of mine, be sure to get signed up for that. You can see how to get signed up in the show notes. I've had quite a few signups in the last few weeks. So happy to have all these new people getting a lot more magic in their life. And I want you to get more magic in your life too, my friends. So be sure to sign up for the weekly dose of magic. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And please, please, please rate and write a review of the podcast. I am going to be doing a little drawing, randomly picking somebody who leaves a review on Apple Podcasts. So if you would like to win a one-on-one magic session with me, be sure to write a review on Apple Podcasts and you will be automatically entered in to win a magic session. Also, you can check out all my offerings, courses, everything at thetransformationschool.com. And you can find me on Instagram at Stephanie Zeller Speaks. I have recently started finally posting a little bit more frequently on my new account on Instagram, and I would love for you to follow me. So I don't read the news. I pretty much never read the news. But somehow I came across an article this morning on NPR, npr npr.org. And it was an article about Barnes and Noble. The title of the article is How Barnes and Noble Turned a Page Expanding for the First Time in Years. So apparently, Barnes and Noble started kind of collapsing in 2010, mostly because of Amazon. Everybody could just get their books online. And so, as many bookstores have had to close their doors, Barnes and Noble too has had to close their doors and has shut down hundreds of stores. In 2019, though, it was bought out by a hedge fund, and there was a new CEO that took over. And he did a really interesting thing. And by the way, this is going to tie into you. If you're like, why is she talking about Barnes & Noble? Give me a second here, because we're going to tie this to you very, very quickly. So this new CEO did some interesting things. He first of all, he told the stores, the individual stores, Barnes and Noble stores, that they needed to weed out the rubbish from their shelves. He also embraced TikTok's book talk and social media influencers and shook up its deals with publishers. And he also borrowed the playbook of independent bookshops where he, quote, gave local Barnes and Noble stores much more authority to order what their readers in their area wanted to see. And there's this other quote that is in this article. It's not an algorithm. It's not something that's pulled from a code. The way that Barnes and Noble has been redeemed is not an algorithm. It's not something that's pulled from a code. And so here's the interesting thing. Barnes & Noble now is going to be very shortly opening 20 to 30 new stores. For the first time in a decade, it is now on the rise. It is growing because they made these significant shifts due to the changing climate. When things change, in our world, when things change in our immediate sphere, when things change in our lives, we have a couple of choices of how to respond to that change. A lot of times we complain, shut down, 
we get scared, we get overwhelmed, we don't know what to do, we've only done things this way. And now all of a sudden, something is blocking us from continuing to do them the same way that we've always done them. I've always been interested in businesses that are really good at pivoting. For some reason, this has just always fascinated me. And I say for some reason, but it's pretty obvious why that fascinates me. I'm also interested in people that can pivot quickly. Life is so much more enjoyable if we can be dynamic with it. Meaning, if we can hold our life with an open palm, instead of gripping, instead of digging our heels in, instead of avoiding change at all costs, if we can hold everything a little bit loosely, it affords us a lot more space to pivot, adapt, and change. So what in your life has shifted over the past three to four years, over the past 12 months, over the past few weeks? What has changed? What has changed for you? I really want you to take a second to think about what what in my external reality, what, what in my life has changed that's been out of my control mostly, but what changes have encroached upon the way that I've always done things, have threatened the way that I've always done things? And since these changes have occurred, maybe these are changes to your health, to your job, to the kind of car you drive to friendships, family members, your relationships with these people, to literally the climate, the weather, how COVID may have taken a toll on you or the way that you work or the way that you are in the world. We have all experienced change in some way over the last three to four years. So thinking about the ways that you personally have experienced change, the question I want to ask you is, how have you responded to that change? Have you allowed yourself to be dynamic? Have you allowed yourself to adapt to the change? Have you accepted the fact that things have changed and then asked yourself, okay, how can I respond to this external change? How can I internally respond and then maybe even externally respond to this change that is happening, to the things that are happening around me? The new CEO pushed for Barnes and Noble stores to weed out the rubbish from their shelves. What rubbish is still on your shelf? What are you sticking to that is the old way of doing things, but it's not really working for you anymore? What are you trying to still do that has become harder and harder for you to do? Because there's been something external, something in your world that has made it harder for you to do. What things are you doing that no longer really light you up to do, but maybe you keep doing them because it's just what you've always done? Where are the stale friendships in your life right now? Who do you hang out with that, if you're honest, just doesn't light you up to hang out with them anymore? It doesn't light you up to have a conversation with them anymore. In fact, sometimes it drains you. What parts of your job just don't light you up anymore? In fact, they drain you. And yet, you keep going. How can you weed out the rubbish in your life right now? 
The retailer embraced TikTok's book talk and social media influencers and shook up its deals with publishers. How can you shake shit up in your life right now? How can you think about something really interesting, something challenging, something like a little saucy, something exciting, something maybe even a little dangerous, a little risky that you could do in your life right now? That would infuse all sorts of new, interesting energy into your sphere, into your daily life. What Barnes & Noble did is they borrowed from the playbook of independent bookshops. The CEO gave local Barnes & Noble stores much more authority to order what their readers in their area want to see. Where can you take your power back? Where can you give yourself permission to do what you want to do? Where can you give yourself permission to pursue the things that you're interested in? Where can you give yourself permission to get rid of the old way of being and embrace the new? Where can you take your inner authority back? Where are you giving your power away? Who are you giving your power away to? If that friend calls you and needs your help, but you are totally exhausted, can you speak your truth in that moment and say, hey, I want to be there for you, but I just can't in this moment? Or if that friend, that family member is pushing you to tell them something that you don't want to, where can you set a healthy boundary and take your power back, take your authority back? Where can you start listening to your intuition more instead of listening to what other people say you should do? Quote, it's not an algorithm. It's not something that's pulled from a code. The interesting thing is when I started getting into the space of personal transformation, I read a lot of books by coaches. I worked with some coaches. I worked with some therapists. I read a bunch of books, took a bunch of workshops. And what I noticed is that by and large, I want to say like 95% of the people in the space that I was exposed to, they did what I might call like cookie cutter coaching, cookie cutter teaching. They found what worked for them and then they wrote books about it as though that is the way that things should be. I tried all those things, you know, like I was very much into the kind of Tim Ferriss, high performance, doing all the things. I did all the things (laughs) that some of the top coaches in the world, the top performers in the world suggested that I do. Some of them worked wonders for me. And then others, it was like I was just coming up against a wall. It was like something wasn't clicking, something wasn't working. Here's the thing. I thought that thing that wasn't working was me. Even though I was trying so hard to practice daily gratitude, to meditate twice a day, to go to talk therapy, to exercise every morning for this amount of time, tried all the different diets, all the different exercise regimens, all the peak performance techniques, and yet they didn't all work for me. And I thought that was me. I thought that was my fault. Because I was following the algorithm, I was following the code, and I wasn't getting the results that everybody else was getting. And so of course, it had to be me, right? If something's not working in our lives, it has to be us, right? Or 
Could it be a little bit more nuanced than that? Could it be a little bit more dynamic? Could it be that we are actually not all the exact same person? Could it be that we are all not cut from the same mold? Could it be that we are all individually unique and what works for me might not work for you in the same way? It's really interesting. In medicine, for years and years, everybody has been focused on protocols. What's the best protocol to treat this cancer, to treat this illness? And you know what they're finding right now in cancer treatment? The best protocols, the protocols with the highest success are the ones that are individually made from person to person. A protocol that is made up for you because guess what? You are unique. What is best for Susie might not be what's best for you. What is best for John might not be what is best for you. But you will never know what's best for you if you don't try something new. The thing that I love about what I read in this NPR article is that Barnes & Noble became adaptable. Barnes & Noble became modern. Barnes & Noble became dynamic. Barnes & Noble knew how to pivot. They responded to the changing times and they let external forces evolve them. They moved within that beautiful constraint. Sometimes we think that being constrained or being confined is the worst thing for us when actually it's the very best thing and the very thing that we need to be who we are trying to become. So as I've been asking you all these questions, as I've been showing you this parallel between potentially your life and the new and updated Barnes & Noble, what has popped into your mind? Where in your life can you become a little bit more dynamic? Can you become a little bit more curious? Can you be more open to change? Because when you do that, things always turn out better than you could have ever expected. If Barnes & Noble would not have adapted, it would continue towards its demise. It would totally shut down at some point. But it pivoted and it changed. So today I ask you, where can you do the same thing? Where can you let the unfortunate, the annoying, the interruptions in your life have a transformative effect on you so that you actually use them to up-level to release the rubbish that you don't need in your life, to become more modern and forward-thinking, and pivot into the version of you that you feel, that you know deep down in your heart that you are ready to become. 